Hey everybody, we're going to do something a little different today. I'm going to read something written by C.S. Lewis in 1948 and see if we can apply that to the commercial real estate market today and all the things that have happened over the last year. So stick around for Real Estate Revenue. Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Estate Revenue. This is Paul Airy, your host. And this week we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to read something written in the 1940s. Uh, and we're just going to change a couple of words in it. And it's going to apply amazingly well to today into the last year or so. Uh, so this was written by C.S. Lewis in 1948. And when you're listening, what I want you to do is every time I say the words atomic bomb or uh, anything like that, uh, anything to do with bombs, replace that with the word COVID. Now, this was done by John Maxwell a couple of weeks ago in an event in, uh, in Orlando, Florida. And I'm going to redo it now the way he did it, uh, just to bring up a point. And you're probably wondering right now, what in the hell does this have to do with commercial real estate? Well, when I get done reading this, I'm going to tell you, I'll show you, and uh, I think you'll see the connection. So here we go. So these are the words of C.S. Lewis, as written in 1948. Remember, whenever you hear atomic bomb, replace those words with COVID. Let's see if this makes sense to you. In one way... We think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, and an age of motor car accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It's perfectly ridiculous to go out whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint, 
in a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. So, I'm sure you're asking, what does this have to do with real estate? If you go back and replace the word COVID everywhere you see atomic bomb, that kind of makes sense. So everything we've gone through in the last year, year and a half, this is now September 2021, uh, has led us to a point where we need to start using some common sense that we have neglected to use for the past, I don't know, 16, 18 months or so. So what this has to do with real estate is this. Lockdowns, fear, panic, that has hurt American businesses and actually businesses worldwide, worldwide, uh, many of those beyond all repair. Um, so when you start shutting down businesses, restaurants, theaters, retail stores, um, you have destroyed those business owners' livelihoods. You've destroyed the morale of the people that visit those businesses. And one thing that we need to remember, whenever you see a business, when you go out into town and you see a business, you see a store, that business is actually two businesses. There's the business that occupies the space, and there's the business that owns the space. So when you destroy a business, you have damaged two businesses uh, and two business owners. The guy that owns that retail store, the guy that owns the built the building that is leasing that space to the retail store. Now, a lot of people don't give a crap about the guy that owns the retail building. They think, oh, he's just some rich guy. He can, he can handle it, and it's not going to hurt him. And he probably deserves it anyway, right? So, uh, but that is just not the case. Just like most businesses are owned by small individual business owners, most commercial real estate is also owned by small individual business owners. Just like the guy that owns the store, the guy that owns the building, is just some local, usually some local guy that owns a few properties around town, and that's how he makes his living. Doesn't necessarily mean he's rich. He might be. He very well could be. That's a, that's a, you know, owning real estate is one of the best ways to get rich, but doesn't mean that you should damage him financially. Doesn't mean that it's okay. So what has happened now? A lot of stores have closed. A lot of restaurants have closed. One of my favorite restaurants in Austin, Texas was closed because of COVID out of business. Uh, so now on that corner, it's a sad sight to see a beautiful, uh, big restaurant building sitting there empty with a big for lease sign out in front. Uh, and that's going to be a very difficult, I mean, it's a great location, but, uh, who's going to want to come lease a building like that, start a restaurant when there's the threat of being shut down again. That's a risk that most people are not going to be willing to take. So that's what this has to do with real estate. That's what it has to do with the real estate market. Commercial real estate is 
on the edge of a cliff. And if we continue with the fear-mongering and misinformation coming out of the press, uh, out of the media, it's only going to get worse. People have got to stand up and say enough is enough. Now they're making it worse with vaccine passports. They haven't officially called it a vaccine passport yet, but it's kind of a de facto vaccine passport. They're just kind of slipping it in under the under the radar, uh, requiring restaurants here and there and theaters uh, to ask for proof of vaccination before they let people enter. It won't be long before we'll be issued a vaccine passport. And, you know, probably a good chunk of the country is going to be shut out of all these businesses. Because when you come down to it, nobody can force you to take a vaccine. They're trying, but it's not going to work. Uh, some people are just going to say no. They're going to refuse. And, um, you know, it's their right to refuse. There's going to be some fallout from it. There's going to be some issues with real estate. And it's going to affect the mood of real estate investors. Investors are going to be very cautious on what they buy, what they invest in. Uh, they're going to be very, very cautious on what types of properties, what types of commercial buildings and commercial properties they buy because they want, don't want to get caught in another lockdown. They don't want to get caught with a building they can't lease out. They don't want to get caught with uh, bills that they can't pay because uh, somebody has shut down their business and didn't give them a choice in the matter. And now they can't pay their mortgage payment or their rent. Uh, so, you know, uh, it seems to be a forgotten thing that landlords are paying bills too. They have to pay a mortgage payment. They have to pay uh, you know, the property taxes, uh, insurance, maintenance costs, all that stuff. Not everybody's got a triple net lease. So triple net leases, you know, the tenant pays all that stuff. But if the tenant's not paying it, the landlord's got to pay it. Somebody's got to pay it. That's a flaw in their idea of locking everybody down. They just assumed, you know, without thinking ahead, well, everybody's going to be okay. It won't, it won't hurt anything. Well, it's destroyed thousands of businesses that will not be coming back. So what do you do? How do you go about investing in real estate when the real estate market is in such a condition that it's in? First of all, proceed with caution. Don't take any unnecessary risks. Uh, as for me, investing in real estate that people live in, apartments, for example, houses, uh, is out of the question for me. Now, that's a personal choice you have to make, but that's my personal choice. I've never... Uh, never uh, gotten into that kind of investing anyway. I don't like properties that people live in. So I've always been more into uh, warehouses and office buildings, that type of thing. But, you know, you may, you may like that type of property management. You might enjoy owning those types of properties. But for me, when the government can yank your rent away from you, like they did uh, with apartment dwellers and, you know, people that rent places to live. Uh, I just don't want that kind of risk. You notice they didn't do that with commercial properties other than apartments. Now they did, some state governments did, a, a couple of them did. I think New York, maybe New Jersey, California might have done it. Rent moratoriums were just not done in commercial properties, uh, in office buildings and retail spaces. 
restaurants, that kind of thing. But they were in a couple of states. Thankfully, I don't operate in those states. And I would not in any time in the foreseeable future because of that. That's that's uh, that type of uh, government overreach into people's finances is a place that I would stay away from. So choose wisely. Be very strategic about what you buy and keep in mind what could happen in the future. Uh, for me, uh, I'm leaning toward small office buildings um, and storage facilities, self-storage, RV and boat storage, warehouse properties, that kind of thing. Those, those types of properties are still going to be in demand, and chances are they're probably never going to have a rent moratorium. That's what I would go after. I actively search those areas for properties. So far, you know, we're probably getting to a, a, a point here pretty soon where something's going to shake loose. And I'm not one of these people that's going to predict, try to predict a date or a time. You know, uh, I'm just saying it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know how soon. It could be, could be next week. could be next year. could be the year after. I don't know. But it's going to happen eventually. We've got to have a downturn. The prices are way out of control. Um, things are, we are definitely in a bubble, and it's going to pop sometime, and, and prices are going to drop. Uh, it's happening with houses right now. Houses, how, home prices are crazy high right now. But in the last few weeks, prices have been dropping a lot. Uh, I live in the Austin, Texas area, and... I've seen price drops as much as uh, you know, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, and and that just shows you how how overpriced they were to begin with. Uh, if they can drop the price that much and still feel okay about selling the property, now there were there was one property listed as a residential, but really it was a commercial property. It was a kind of an Airbnb type thing, uh, short term rentals and. They dropped their price a million dollars. The price drops are, are coming. They're starting. And inventory uh, in some places is going up. I heard a guy on YouTube today, uh, one of the people I listen to, uh, well, his channel is called Economic Ninja. He was talking about the inventory in the town he lives in in California has doubled and by October will have tripled. So uh, uh, you can look for that one that, when the inventory goes up, when the supply goes up, the prices are going to come down because they don't have enough, you know, with that many properties coming on the market, uh, supply and demand kicks in, prices come down. Uh, it's going to probably start happening in commercial. Now, the commercial is a little different because, so this area here where, where I live, uh, a lot of people are moving here from around the country. There's been a lot of growth. Now, if that's slowing down, I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of suspect it is because the house prices are dropping quite a bit. Uh, but the fact that there's so many more people here now means they need some more commercial properties to go along with it. So there's a lot of new construction in retail centers, office buildings, uh, hotels in this area to keep up with the, the growth. But, you know, eventually that will stop too. And there are some, some older properties that, that, that are uh, around in the, uh, and that's what I like to get to. I either like to build it myself, brand new, being the general contractor, or I like to look for something that's uh, a little old and needs some work and 
is owned by somebody that really does not want to own that property. And they are ready to get out. That's what I look for. Proceed with caution. Don't give up. Don't don't walk away from commercial real estate. Stay in it. Uh, keep looking at it. Keep learning about it. And just uh, change your strategy a little bit and uh, be cautious about it. Be smart about it. There are a lot of opportunities in commercial real estate. And, you know, if you have a lot of cash sitting around, uh, the opportunities are even uh, much greater because you can do some things with that cash. I mean, you know, you can keep the cash. uh, You can put it into something in some cryptocurrencies or gold and silver, you know, or you just put it in a property and uh, keep it out of the bank and don't let it sit idle. Uh, You can lend that money to somebody that wants to buy a property. Probably some note buying opportunities, some non-performing notes can be a decent way to get into a commercial property. Uh, a lot of times if somebody's not paying their mortgage payment, the whoever they owe the money to, whoever's holding that mortgage might want to get rid of it. Uh, so if you let it be known to your uh, lender relations or people that you know that are in that lending business that you you're willing to buy notes, you know, you'll at least, if you don't get the income off of it, if the, if they stop performing altogether, if they're not paying their mortgage payment, then you got the property's collateral and you don't have to go necessarily through a foreclosure procedure. There's a thing called a deed in lieu of foreclosure where you negotiate with the, the borrower. Uh, if they're ready to get out and you know, they, they have no way of catching up on their, their mortgage payments you know, make them an offer, you know, make them an offer for the property, um, offer to buy them out of their note, swap the, swap the note for the, for a deed and, uh, you know, take possession without ruining their credit, without ruining them financially, without them going through a bankruptcy or whatever it's, it's going to do to them. Uh, you can actually help those people. It sounds like some people say, well, that you're just being a predator or you're, you know, you're taking advantage of those people, but you're not. You're If they aren't making the payment, trust me, they want to get out of it. I've been in that position uh, before, and uh, I've had payments on things I wanted to get out of, not properties, but maybe a car or something like that uh, many, many years ago. I would have, I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, I've, I've sold cars before. I, I got behind, uh, wasn't behind on the payments, but I got to where it was a real struggle to keep the payment, to keep the car. And then, you know, just sell it for what I owe on it and, uh, get out of it before, so that I don't get a repossession. Well, people are willing to do the same thing with their properties and you're not being a predator. You're not taking advantage of them. They want to do it. So you can look for that kind of opportunity and do it in a nice way, in an honest way. Uh, don't be sleazy about it. Just be open and upfront and say, Hey, I just bought your note. If at any time you want to get out of your property, I'll be happy to, to work a deal with you. Um, you know, just be upfront and honest, do it with integrity and you won't be, uh, looked upon as a sleazy predator. So, uh, and you have, you know, have the chance to, to help somebody help somebody out of their their financial situation. 
so that's it for this time. And uh, uh, we're going to talk about something a little more cheerful next time. And uh, come back next week. And we might even do an extra episode. And I will talk to you then.